Welcome to Chris in Christ, a show about being redeemed and saying so. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm so excited you tuned in to today's testimony and transparency. Let's stay connected. Follow me on all social media platforms and anywhere you can listen to a podcast. Just put in Chris in Christ. Let's go. First things first, what's on top? What's that thing you've got to get out of your way so that you can focus today? Well, hey guys, remember me? It's Chris. (laughs) I know I've been gone for quite a while. Um, You might say I've been ghost, MIA, missing in action, fell off the face of the earth. Yeah, I know, and I'm here to own that. But I will explain, and we are going to celebrate this season two debut. So grateful that God has been able to work in such an amazing way through season one. And I cannot wait for all the amazing things that he has planned for season two. Do not get used to hearing my voice in season two, because this is where I will be asking for powerful testimonies from you and the people that you know to share and be on the show with us. So I cannot wait. This episode will be extended because it is our debut and I have a lot to jam pack in here. A lot of good, bad, ugly, some life announcements. I've got it all for today's episode. So I can't wait. Thank you for tuning in. Share this with a friend. Let's jump in. I've been missing in action, and let's just say when 2020 decided to come, he came swinging at me, and he did take me out for a while. Um, I had like a two-week just streak of bam, 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 and it just really shook me up, and when I get shaken up, I tend to isolate, Um, but now I'm back, and I'm taking action And I'm encouraging you along the way with the lessons that I've learned from my knockdowns, along with some pretty major life announcements. So let's just talk about how 2020 tried to take me out. As you guys may have heard from the season one finale of Testimony and Transition, I had left, uh, well, I was forced to leave my good paying job um, and was laid off and decided to come volunteer for six months. Well, that was just a period where I was waiting and preparing to get my dream job that I know God told me this was for me. This is what he wanted me to do. This was my purpose. And I finally found out that they did not want me. They just said, nope. Uh, you're not what we're looking for. We're going to close your application. Thanks and have a blessed life. Um, and God had told me 10 years ago that I would be a missionary. And so I had applied for this amazing program and God had sent me confirmation. He sent me mentors and connections with this organization. Everything was planned so I could go live overseas and get paid and share God And that was going to be my dream life. I wiped out my savings in preparation for this. Um, I didn't make any permanent decisions, no car, no permanent place to stay. I knew that I was going to be leaving soon. And I had really wrapped my whole life and all my decisions based on my big, big job coming up. Well... They were like, yeah, no, sorry, go on about your life. And that took me out. Another thing that took me out was 
Remember I mentioned that I wiped out my savings for this job? Um, well, I didn't have much of a checkings left either. So I finally got to the point where my bank accounts, both of them was like 0.00, And I had nothing. I was living with like family members here to there, pillar to post, you know, just trying to stay with someone and, you know, eat Chef Boyardee or whatever it may be that day. Um, and I had never been so broke um, on my own accord. And I just felt like nothing was coming through. I was interviewing for jobs and trying to figure out, okay, the rest of my life is now totally up in the air. I don't know what to do because my dream job fell through. What do I do now? Um, So that was a pretty big hit. I was really sad. I didn't know what to do. I called my mentors like crying like, I want to be a missionary. I can't. They don't want me. And they were just simply telling me, you know, this is a delay, not a denial. If God promised you something and he told you and he confirmed it for you, it is going to happen. It just may not look like the way you expect it to happen. Um, So I just started second guessing myself about everything. Like, God, like, what did I do? Did I mess this up? You know, what what was going on? Um, And in the meantime, I'm not going to lie, I had started to venture out into some other things you know I got a little boo and um was very happy with him but we made some decisions that did not honor God so to speak so I was kind of like on the fence dibbling and dabbling sometimes I read my bible sometimes I would go hang out with my boyfriend and we would just kind of my faith was getting a little rocky let me just put it that way (laughs) So here I am trying to figure out my life, trying to figure out where to live. No car because y'all know I've had the car accident um, back in 2018. I haven't had a car since. Um, And I'm just out here like, okay, let's figure out Chris's life. Then I realized one day that I wasn't feeling too good. And I say, you know what? Let me take a pregnancy test. I looked at that test and I got the one that gives you the words, not the plus and the minus because I don't have good eyesight. And that thing said pregnant. Well, you could, you're going to have to scoop me off the floor because if there is one thing that Kristen Watkins would never be, especially before she got married, is pregnant. And I say, you know what? Just... Lord, take me now. I can't do this. I can't do this. I have no purpose, no direction. I have a child on the way. I don't even know how to change a diaper. Like I don't. I don't have a maternal bone in my body. Like I don't even like little kids. I love big kids. I love teenagers. I don't know how to deal with no baby, especially my own baby. And why couldn't I have a baby when I, you know, the savings was stacked up, and I was racked up, and I had a job and I had a car. Like why? Now, at the absolute lowest point of my whole life, why would all this happen now? So I was ashamed. I isolated. I deleted my social media. I tried to look for jobs. But at the same time, I'm nauseated. (laughs) Can't really eat much. I'm tired. And I'm trying to figure out how in the world 
Am I still going to be useful, especially in God's kingdom, if I'm over here looking like the scarlet letter? A few months later, my little boo thing decided he was going to get down on one knee and he proposed to me and I got engaged. And that's one of the biggest things I've always wanted um, in that I just always would love to be somebody's wife um but I couldn't even celebrate that I felt so ashamed like I felt like if people found out I was pregnant and I got engaged that they wouldn't celebrate the engagement they would just be like oh it's he's just marrying you by force you know it's not really love and that's just not the case like I was really in love with an amazing man, and I still am, and I couldn't even celebrate, I couldn't even share the good things and realize that it was a good thing because I had so much negativity and shame and guilt associated with me messing up and getting pregnant, Um, and that really hurt because these are supposed to be the prime moments of your life. And all I was doing was laying in bed, moping and crying and listening to all these lies that the devil was feeding me. The devil took my mind over and it took me a very long time. I'd say maybe a few days before the posting of this episode for me to get it together and realize that, yeah, I'm going to go missing. But now I've got action to do. So that's it. There it is. It's out. It's out there. Yep. I'm getting married. And yep, I have a daughter on the way. And yep, God still blessed me with a car. And yep, God still blessed me with a job. And so just know that God is always good, even when we're not. And if you ever find yourself in a situation where, yes, I'm on God's side um, and you fall, Or you get whiffed that something's going to happen that you just do not believe. Like, "Mm -mm, that's not going to be me. Boy, do I have a story for you. Um, So we're going to be coming out of Luke 22 and 31 today. Um, I'll also refer refer to some scriptures in Matthew. Matthew 26, 34 through 45 and 75. Um, Both texts refer to the same story, but they're just by different um, gospel authors. So I love this as our key text. And we find ourselves with Jesus and he predicts Peter's denial. Um, So we know Peter is a firecracker disciple um, on fire and super powerful for God. But I just love how the Bible shows us that even though he was on fire for God and God was using him in so many different ways, that he's still human and you know God knows that about us and sometimes when he tells us about ourselves we don't want to hear it and we end up doing exactly what he said anyway because he's God you know so the text says um, Simon Simon Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat but I have pleaded in prayer for you Simon that your faith should not fail so when you have repented and turned to me again strengthen your brothers. Um, And Simon is a like nickname 
for Peter. Um, you know, after God, after Jesus told Peter that, Peter's like, oh no, I'm about to go. I'm about to ride or die with you. Like, ain't nothing going to stop me. I'm, you know, I'm following you. And God's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Before tomorrow morning and the rooster crows, you're going to deny that you even know me three times. And Peter's like, no, not me. That'll never be me. But Peter did that exact thing, y'all, if you read further down. Um, and then he even started cussing the lady out when they were asking him, oh, you must be with Jesus. He started cussing the lady out. Like, is that something that a disciple would do? Well, obviously, yes, because we're human, but that's not what we're supposed to do. Anyway, the point is, when Peter realized what he did and he remembered that Jesus said that this would happen, he sat down and he wept bitterly. That's what I've been doing for the past six to seven months, y'all. I've been sitting down and weeping bitterly, um, just like Peter. So I really connect with him here. He got knocked down and things hurt a lot worse when it's a I told you so moment. Like when God warned you and told you, hey, uh, this about to happen. And you're like, yeah, no, whatever. it ain't about to happen. Um, let me explain what I'm talking about. So back in November this is when I was struggling with my celibacy. God warned me and he told me like I could hear it clear as day. He was like, you're going to be pregnant in Paris. You're going to be pregnant in Paris. And I'm like, yeah, whatever, devil, leave me alone. Like I'm thinking that's the devil trying to stop me, trying to pull me down. And I just kept it moving. And I knew I was going to be in Paris in February um, to celebrate my sister's graduation. And nothing's about to ruin that trip because I've been planning that trip and all those activities since july so i was like nope we're gonna be on that trip we're gonna be great but i learned very quickly that that voice was not the devil it was god he was predicting he was warning me this is where you're about to end up and i had way too much pride to even listen to it and hear it and accept it and even recognize that that was him don't think that god is only going to tell you the good things coming up He's going to tell you the truth. He's going to remind us how human we are. And he's going to be like, hey, uh, you might hurt someone's feelings when you do this. Or, hey, uh, this is about to happen. Um, and it's crazy. When I think about it, I had the same experience where God warned me um, that I was going to find my friend, you know, dead in her house. But I quickly, like, brushed it off. And I was like, no, that's the devil. My friend's going to be alive and I'm going to find her. But y'all, like, if y'all haven't experienced it by now, like, God does not lie. And he's not always going to tell us the good things. Um, and you can hear more about that experience in the season one, season one episode of Tried and True. So back to Peter. I wonder if he was more disappointed and he cried so much because of himself and like he, his pride got in the way. Or if he was disappointed because he really let God down. I know I felt a mixture of both. But if I'm being honest, it was probably like 80% pride. Oh, I said I'd never be pregnant. Or, oh, I would never be without a job. Or, oh, my bank account would never be under this certain amount of thousand of dollars. I wasn't really thinking about God too much. I was thinking that he was, like, upset with me and he didn't want nothing to do with me. And that's a whole big lie. Um, but I wonder, like what Peter was thinking, like, 
But when I look at this situation and I look at this scripture, there are five key takeaways that I get from God and that I learn about God from this passage. So when it says, hey, Simon, the devil came to me and wants to ask if he can sift you like wheat. Well, sift is a whole bunch of shaking that they would do with the wheat because the wheat would have this like dusty stuff on it called chaff. And it was, you know, we couldn't use it. We couldn't eat it. So they would shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it to get the good wheat that was useful away from the parts that were unuseful. And so number one, we realize that God has to give permission for the devil to mess with us every single time. Everything that happens to us has to be given the thumbs up from God. Now that's a hard pill to swallow. Like nothing catches him off guard. Nothing surprises God. Now I want to make it clear that this doesn't mean that God causes bad things to happen. We live in a broken world that's full of sin. And so that's why bad things happen. And we also have free choice. So, you know, we do what we want to do and the consequences follow. But it means that God allowed something. He allows these things to happen because he loves us and gave us free choice. That's a hard pill to swallow. Um, But remember that even if God allows a certain extent of bad he always uses it and transforms it for our good. The second thing we see about God in this in this verse is that God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything. And he knows the good, bad, ugly, the things that were in public, the things that were in private. He knows all that. And he did knew. Like, it's not a surprise. He already wrote our whole life story. So there's no surprise. There's no spoiler alerts. He is in total control and knows about every single decision, thought, urge, everything that we have. So he already knows we're going to mess up. Um, So for us to go along, well, let me put me in there. For me to go along and say, oh, I'm going to never be pregnant or I'll never do that or you wouldn't catch me dead doing that. All right. Never say never because you don't know what can happen. You just don't know what what can happen. And that does come from a sense of pride. And I've always struggled with pride. <laughs> and I thought that I had I I I'd beat it, I'd overcome it. Obviously not, you know? But life's a process, you know. So just remember that God knows everything. And sometimes if he wants to, he'll he'll give us a little sneak peek. He'll give us a little preview. So pay attention when God gives you the previews. Number three, since God is omniscient, we need to trust God at his word, no matter what he says, whether we like it or not. Not everything God tells us is going to be what we want to hear, but he's still sovereign and he's still in control of everything. Um, We can see that Peter's little protest, his little, oh, I'm a ride or die, you know, his self willpower and his confidence that, you know, he was not going to do what God said and that he was better than that. You know, God also said, like, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Us being humans really messes us up. (laughs) Like, our flesh gets us in trouble all the time. So, yes, you can have the willpower. Yes, you can have the confidence. Yes, you can have the certainty that you would never fill in the blank. All I'm saying is that if God said it, That settles it. Period. 
So trust him because he's got this. Number four, Jesus prays for us. Like, did y'all know that, okay, yes, 2,000 years ago, God did the ultimate sacrifice by giving us Jesus and allowing him to overcome death and save us from our sins. Like, he changed the world forever back then. But guess what? He's still busy. He's never idle. And he still saves us to this day. How can God save me now on a daily basis? God's a mediator. Jesus is a mediator. And he's praying on our behalf. He literally, his job is to sit right next to God the Father as a reminder that even though Jesus may be telling him that, you know, Kristen down there going astray, you know, she down there messing around. No, 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 no. She's not really talking about you anymore. She stopped her podcast. But hey, don't count her out. You know, she's still my sister. She's still my friend. She's still a part of our family. So now when God the Father looks at me, he doesn't see all my sins and me sneaking around and me stopping the podcast, but he sees Jesus' face. He sees righteousness. He sees perfection because that's how Jesus works on our behalf. He's an intercessor. He works in the middle. He's like our attorney and he never loses a case. He's constantly pleading for us, stating that we're not guilty and we don't deserve the penalty of death Um, because Jesus already paid that price. And I just, God, I thank you for, I just thank you for that. Like you already died for me. And now you're still working on my behalf, making sure that I'm kept faultless and blameless. Yes, I sin. Yes, I mess up. But we don't, God doesn't see that. He sees his son that he loves. He doesn't see little Kristen out here with the poking belly. He sees his child that he loves and that he would give up anything for. That's just an amazing principle. Jesus is always, always, always working on our behalf, even when we're not even thinking about him. So thank you, God. I appreciate that. Oof, thank you. And our last one, number five, God is merciful even when we go missing. So if we look at the second half of our scripture of Luke, we see that God is so merciful. He only asks us for three things. He told Peter to do three things. After he told him, you know, you're going to go missing. You're going you're gonna to have a, you know, you're going to have your time away. You're not going to be all up under me doing what I actually do and all that. Like, you're going to have your time astray. But this is what I want you to do. I need you to take these steps. First thing I need you to do is repent. And y'all repent. It sounds like a like fancy church word. Really, all it means is to change your mind, to change directions. That's all it means. And so... We, on our own accord, is going. we have to ask God to forgive us. Like, Lord, please help me change. And instead of going this way, please help me to go your way. We have to turn back on the right track. And then we'll be able to get back on our job of doing what we're supposed to do, which is the third action, strengthening our brothers, helping others, getting people to realize how good God is, serving others with our gifts, That's what we're here to do. But please keep in mind that those three actions are something that we have to do. God's not going to force us to do those things. He may send different urges and pressure points for us to get on the right track. 
but he is not going to force us to ask for forgiveness. That's something we have to make up our mind and do on our own accord. So God did his work. We have to do our part. So we looked at what we learned from God in this scripture and in this story. But I want to turn the spotlight back to the humane side. Let's look at Peter. And I'm also going to look at myself in this situation to see how we're kind of similar. So I wonder how Peter gets back to action. How does he bounce back? Um, I kind of sat and wondered, like, how long did he sit there and wet and cry, like, bitterly? How long did he feel far from God? Um, I wonder how long he kind of kept quiet and just kind of replayed the situation over and over and over in his head. Um, I bet you during this time he wasn't trying to walk on water again. He wasn't trying to pray for folks. You know, I'm sure he shut down his social media back then, you know. And I can just imagine the things that devil was telling him while he was just sitting there crying like, Oh, you was just with Jesus a minute ago. You were sitting high and mighty. Now look at you. You you ain't even say you know the man. Like, look at you now. You're this. You're that. You're wishy-washy. You know, who's going to follow you now? You call yourself a disciple? And in my personal case, like with all my things going on, the main thing the devil was telling me is like, who in the world is going to listen to a pregnant minister? You're a hypocrite. You're exactly what you said you would never be. You're exactly what you say you don't like about the church is that there are people who are hypocrites. And now look at you. You're a hypocrite too. You are one of them too. And that that was the back-to-back playlist in my brain for about six months. And he's telling me, you know, you might as well just shut down the podcast. No one's going to listen to somebody that's out here messing up, you know. And you can't forget about singing at the praise team at church. You're never going to share another message at church. As soon as they find out you're pregnant, they're going to sit you down. And a big one that he kept telling me is like, God has nothing to do with you. He doesn't want to hear from you. He's not going to listen to your prayer. Don't even pray. Why would he listen to you? You had your chances. You were on the right track. And now look at you. You know, he kept telling me that like mercy was something for people that weren't saved and then get saved. Like it's fine. Everybody's fine when, you know, a drug addict gets off of drugs and finds Jesus. That's fine. But what about when the drug addict who's off of drugs goes back? five years later and goes back to those same drugs. Are we celebrating him then? No, we're not. And so that's just how I feel. Like I'm on God's side. I'm doing what I need to do. God has saved me. I'm grateful, but I'm still a human. And the devil is not letting me live that down, y'all. And my dumb self sat there and believed it. But it took a lot of my mentors and the people that are close to God and a lot of prayer, you know, my church family to really bring me out of that. Um, I was reading a little further in Matthew 28, 17 through 18, and I found out that Peter probably was only crying and moping, at least for that time, for three days because three days later, that's when Jesus came back to life. And the scripture says, on the third day when Jesus was raised, the disciples came and worshiped Jesus, but some doubted. See, I know Peter was in the mix. 
I wonder if he was one of those ones that doubted. I could honestly almost say 100% that he was. Because think about it, like, when we have situations, yeah, we might still go to church. Or if if the gospel music's on in the car, we might listen to it, right? It would probably wouldn't be our first choice, but we might sing along or we might nod our heads in the sermon, you know. But at the same time, while we're there, we're consumed on how we made a mistake. And I have a crazy story that kind of illustrates the fact that we can go and be in God's presence, but still not be fully there. And the only thing that's going to change that, y'all, is love. Um, I went to church a couple days after I found out I was pregnant. And we, my mom and I had a conversation. I was like, Ma, I'm not telling the church. Like, they're going to sit me down. They're going to, like, I don't know. I had all these things in my head that, that I thought they were going to do. And I was like, you know, I won't be able to sing no more. They're not going to be proud of me anymore. Like, yeah, it's just all these things that I had made up in my mind that the church was going to do. And when I got in there, I was like, I'm not telling anybody, you know, they'll just have to find out when I get big and bulky and then they'll see it for themselves. Before church service ended, (laughs) one of my brothers was like, uh, pastor, before we leave, can we just please gather around Kristen and pray for her? The spirit is just telling me that there's something bothering her. Then one of my sisters was like, yeah, while we were up there singing, I wanted to hug her so bad. Like the Holy Spirit was just telling me to just caress, like hug her and hold her like she needs love right now. So next thing you know, I'm in this kumbaya circle in the front of the church with everybody around me. And they're praying and they're like, you know, we can just feel this, this tugging towards you like we can feel that you need us more than ever right now and y'all know me I'm emotional so I'm just oh my god how'd you guys know like God will tell other people like don't think you holding secrets is gonna keep things from people God reveals things to those that he loves so I'm thinking I'm about to keep this secret for six seven months shoot Right then and there, you know, I told them and everybody hugged me and they're like, oh, my God, if you ever want anything to eat when you're craving stuff, let me know. I'll cook it and bring it to you. And they're jumping around, screaming, hugging me and shaking and just having a good old time. And then one of them gives me a hundred dollars and they're like, you know, God wants me to bless you. And like God poured his love out through my brothers and sisters at church and just totally change my world I'm like God's not mad at me God doesn't hate me God doesn't want me to be out here miserable and sad and kicking around in the dirt and being shameful like he loves me people still want to celebrate me like this is what God's love is all about this is what mercy and grace is all about so it God kept sending these little acts of love and kindness from other people and encouraging words to get me out of this dark cloud that I was from, that I was under. God is the most beautiful thing. 
And I do get to still sing in the praise team. And my pastor tells me all the time to be ready to give a message and speak, you know, speak at Zoom church now, you know, to be ready to minister at all times. He's not going to sit you down. God didn't sit you down. I'm not going to sit you down either. And I'm like, what an amazing place. What is amazing people who love God and really actually show God's love. Like That is incredible. It's incredible. And I'm so grateful for my church family. Like, whew, thank y'all. Greater love. Thank y'all. So now that I was actually able to shift my mindset and shift my perspective from bad to good, from pessimistic to optimistic, um, now, in addition to all the love messages that I was receiving, all the mercy and grace messages that I was receiving, um, the, the, the sermon started changing a little bit. The, the, the messages I was starting to hear from God started changing a little bit. Like, my pastor keeps preaching on uh, that it's time to get out there, stir up the gift, fan the flame, use your gifts to serve others, especially now in this time. So it's time to get back to action. No more hiding. It's time to get to work. Um, he says that everybody's an essential worker for God and that we can all contribute something during this time. He's like, don't get rusty. Don't get dull. You know, when I stopped doing the podcast and especially with all this craziness going on, like I wasn't reading no Bible. I wasn't doing that. I wasn't praying for nobody. I wasn't doing anything. I was just kind of like existing and moping around until he's like, all right, God's shown you he's not mad at you. He's ready for you to get up. It's time to get to action. Turn back and strengthen your brothers. So what's the point? The point is, y'all, that no matter what you've done, no matter how long you've been on the Lord's side or whatever, it's never a time for a pity party. Look at the world we're in now. Look at the pandemic. Look at the struggles that we see. Look at all the unexpected things and the uncertainty that we see and we see people dealing with. Like, these are dangerous times. They're sorrowful times. And it's no time for us to have a cloud over our head especially when we have the confident hope in Jesus. Um, everyone on this planet has fallen short from the glory of God, and nobody is perfect but God. We fall down, but we get up, you know? I didn't really understand what that song meant, the little Donnie McClurkin song when I was little, when they would play it all the time. But now I'll put it on repeat and just sit and cry, and be like, oh, my God, yeah, I did fall down, but I can get up. Like, we serve a God that is like, okay, that's, you know, you did what you did, let's go. And he's not going to hang it over your head. Um, I love that. So it's time to get up and see how we can help. There's nothing that you've done or that you can do that'll stop God from loving you and more importantly, using you. So let's celebrate this amazing grace that God has for us. And let's see how we can strengthen one another, especially in these difficult times. And continue doing the God, the good work that God planned for us even before we were born. So if you've been mixed, if you've been missing, it's definitely time for you to turn and start some action. Thanks. Now I want to hear you say so. Season two is all about your testimonies. Do you or someone you know have a powerful testimony? If so, I would love for you to connect with me and I'd love for to get you on the show. 
and let's share the goodness of God together. Send me a message on Facebook or Instagram saying that you're interested in sharing your testimony. We'll get together and record and you can be on the next episode of the show. I'm so excited, y'all. And I can't wait to see how powerful this can be. That's a wrap for today's episode of Chris and Christ. Thanks so much for tuning in and I can't wait to hear from you again. Let's keep in touch. Follow me on all social media platforms at Chris and Christ. Until next time, remember, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the power of your testimony. Be blessed. Mm-hmm.